people and I see <laughs> see you guys still. You want to go sit down, baby? Is that what you're trying to say? Okay. <laughs> Just stand here one more minute. Okay. Um, the expectation is these are beautiful young people that we have in the house of the Lord. I've seen them worship. I've seen them come in and mom and them don't have to say worship. Put your hands up. Do it. I've seen them do it. I've seen this is the expectation over this house. This is the expectation. And so we thank God for our young people. And I want you to know God sees you. School is about to start. God sees you. He knows you. He knows your name, your desire, your hopes, and your dreams. And I want you to believe in the God that sees. All right? Some things, some things we might miss, but God will not miss a thing. All right? And he loves you very much. You guys can sit down. You know we have some young adults up in this house. <laughs> so can our young adults stand up? Young adults. That means you're, you know, in between that age, you know, that I... <sighs> that was not so far ago, long ago. I was y'all's age. <laughs> they said, ah, okay. But I thank God when I see them, they don't have to be here. They've gone. They've come back. They don't have to be standing here this morning. They could have said, you know what? We're going to party hardy all night. But we thank God that you found your way to the house of the Lord. We thank God we have young men in the house. Young men in the house of the Lord. I mean, they don't have to be here this morning. We have uh, all these ones that have come from far away. They didn't have to come home and come back. To, oh, you guys are just blessed with my salsa. I'm so happy to have you here. And you guys, we have this dear Jordan. Jordan walked into the church on Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? It was Wednesday, Jordan? I think Friday, Friday. She walked in, looked saw this place and came in and she's in the military you guys so y'all just love on her she's somebody's baby girl and you just love on her as she comes in need no knows what she needs to be in the house of the lord come on that that gives me hope that our children that when they go away and they've been raised in the Lord, that they know where to go. You know, they know where to come back to. And I'm just, that's what I say. Don't forget to plant that seed, you guys. And don't believe in that seed. So we, we thank God for, Naya, have you found out yet? So you still with us? Okay, we just, we keep on praying for Naya. Don't y'all like Naya's name? Naya Simone. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I just like it so much. At home when I'm talking about her, I say her whole name because it just sounds so, I go, Naya Simone. That sounds so beautiful. But we're so glad to have Naya and, and her reaching for the Lord and so excited. And just, a, I call her a gatherer. Every time I see her, I call her a gatherer because she's always bringing people to the house of the Lord or bringing someone up to me and Pastor David to me. What a gatherer. What, what a Man, it just reminds me of you young adults. You're so on fire. Stay on fire for the Lord, okay? We love you so much. You guys can be seated. Amen. I just wanted to show you off this morning. Amen. So we're just thankful for the what we have in the house of the Lord, you guys. We have greatness in the house of the Lord. Amen. God is doing great things. Y'all, the rest of y'all just wave your hands because you probably don't want to stand up. So just wave your hand. Amen. We're so glad for each and every one of you in the house of the Lord this morning. And we're glad that we've gotten to this point that I believe I run on and see what the end's going to be. Come on. After you've traveled so far, you realize that, you know, I'm I just going to run on and see what the end's going to be because can't nobody do me like Jesus. 
We done tried enough stuff to let y'all know that there's nobody that can do you like Jesus, okay? And so we're glad to be in the house of the Lord. We're glad this morning for everyone's presence here. This morning, let's remember as we pause and we get ready to call our pastor up, this is the morning where we take Holy Communion. And you know, the Bible says to stop and examine ourselves. Stop, and it just takes it just takes a minute, you know, to exam. I mean, really examine yourself, okay? This is good. one time, it's not about you... Because we do this quite often. Look at our husband, our wife, our sister, our brother. But it's me, oh Lord, standing in need of prayer, okay? And so right now we examine ourselves and see if there's anything in our heart that we're holding against our brother, our mother, our sister, anybody. And we ask God right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, forgive me. It's not about what they did. It's what you did. Because when we hold things, we're going against the will of God. And so right now we can just cleanse our hearts And aren't you glad that God forgives like that? When we're sincere, it's wiped away when when it's sincere. There's another part to it. If there's somebody in this room that you have an odd against, the Bible tells you to get up. and, And we don't just, you know, we just don't walk over that, sing over that, pray over that. But we do what the Bible says. We go to that person and we get that off our chest. Then we don't go tell them what they did wrong. We can't go tell them, forgive me for holding you. Because sometimes we want to go and say, you did this instead of forgive me because I want to be clean and pure. And God says that forgive, forgive others so that we can be forgiven. And so if I walk with something in my heart, then I'm not forgiven no matter what. And so this morning, I just really want to put the emphasis on that. It's cleaning our hearts. Okay. Uh, I think sometimes the Lord keeps showing me that we skip through that thinking that God doesn't mean what he says. But he says, this is the cause that many are sick among you. Because we take communion and we take it without the right heart. And we think that we've t- taken it and we don't see any immediate thing that happens to us. And so we can still do our sin and we can still be in hiding. And we can still drink and partake of the of the blood of Jesus. And we think, well, nothing happened to me. No lightning hit me. No nothing. And so we just keep doing it that way. But you remember... Sin in the garden was they bit of the thing that God told them not to, and death came. Did Adam and Eve fall down right at that minute? No. But in their hearts, they fell down, and in their souls, they fell down. Their souls kept being diminished, diminished, diminished in their soul. And this morning, I don't want us to be diminished in our soul, because what happens to it, it catches up with us one day. People don't backslide in a day. Y'all hear what I said? They don't backslide and they don't leave Christ in a minute. It's those seconds after seconds after seconds of ignoring that ugly sin and not repenting of it that all you're dying daily, but not the good kind of dying daily. Your soul is dying to Christ daily. And all of a sudden you look up and, and, and you're dead to him and you don't hear his voice and you sit in church and you're asleep and you're tired and everything's boring and you don't know what's going on. It's because your soul has let something inflicted that you have not given it to God. And so this morning, let's just pause and close our eyes. Holy Spirit, you are in this place. You are the convictor. Speak to our hearts, Holy Spirit. Father, as we do communion this morning, it says we do it in remembrance. Remembrance of what? 
that you died that we would not be slaves to sin anymore. You died that we would be free from all sin and shame. You died, God, so that we could walk in the newness of life. The enemy is the one that fools us into believing, God, that we could have sin in our life and still be free. But this morning, God, we remember. We remember what you've done for us. We remember that in those places that where we feel that we can't or it's too hard, we remind ourselves that you can do it. All things are done through you, God. And so this morning we lay that thing before you, God, and we say, God, help. Help. Deliver me from evil. Deliver me from sin. Deliver me from hatred and unforgiveness. Deliver me. I can do it through you. In Jesus' name we pray. And as we partake this morning, God, we have given it to you who forgives us of all of our sins, casts them from the east to the west. And God, we stand in that in full belief, honoring you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to call our pastor up this morning. Amen. Thank God for, for Apostle David this morning. Amen. Thank God for this beautiful day in Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Are you standing? We'll go ahead and pray. And then get on with the word. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this day that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for the time that we've been able to come and to to lift up your name, to declare your goodness, to worship you, and to receive your truths, God, that you you truly love us, God. Lord, for the things that you've done for us that we could not do for ourselves, you've made a way. You've prepared a path, Lord, that we could be in relationship with you. In spite of us, Lord, you've saved us. And we thank you for it right now. And we say, have your way, God, even as we dig into your word this morning. Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and our minds, God, and help us to examine our ways, God. Lord, in light of what you have made available to us, in light of what you've done for us, your love, Lord, and your compassion, your long-suffering, all those things, Lord, that you do towards us that we don't even deserve, God, that you choose to love us anyway. So let your spirit move in this place. Speak to the hearts of your people, God. Speak to those places, those dry places, those those secret places, those hidden places. Lord, that life can spring forth. Lord, and we can rise up and do all that you've called for us to do. Lord, we magnify you. We thank you for each one that's here, God. We thank you for those that are, are watching this service online. Lord, and even through the technology God you can still touch souls you can still make a difference Lord and we thank you God because there's nothing too hard for you so we magnify you and we praise you in Jesus name amen just tell two people I'm glad to see you here this morning amen 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 hallelujah hallelujah glad to see you girl Hallelujah. We just thank God for his goodness. Hallelujah. How much more 
how much more does he love us? You know, if you, if you think you love him, how much more does he love you? Amen. More than you can even begin to imagine the goodness of God, amen, and, and his glory in the earth. I'm glad to be here with, with you again this morning. I'm always glad to come into the house of the Lord. Amen. And be amongst God's people. As Pastor Linda was exhorting us on uh, preparing our hearts for communion. You know, I just want to add to that because I'm, I'm going to put that off until the end of the service. Amen. So we have time to think and to receive and to prepare our hearts. But we, we'll get there. Right. Amen. But. I'm looking and thinking, amen, that the reality of life as a Christian, as a child of God, is that we should always have our hearts prepared. Amen. amen. Not just, you know, once or, you know, when we know we're getting ready to receive a sacrament, amen, but every day, yeah. amen, is striving to continually have our hearts prepared, amen, because we don't know what day is going to be our last. Isn't that right? Man, we want to be ready when he comes. Amen. Because truly, he's got so much in store for us. Amen. I'm blessed this morning to be able to lay eyes on my nieces here. My granddaughters. I said nieces. What's up with that? Uh, on, on my granddaughters. Amen. Uh, amen. And come in. Amen. For the, for the wedding. Amen. We, we see the married couple didn't make it this morning there. You know, but we thank God. I didn't expect them. We had already talked about that. You know, but I thank God for Ariana and Ajante coming. Amen. Hallelujah. From Virginia and South Carolina to, to be in our midst this morning. Amen. And we thank God again for Jordan making it out to be with us this morning. Amen. All y'all folk. Amen. In the house. Are the children going out today? No, no, we're going to do that. Okay, so we'll go ahead and release the children into there, and then we'll go ahead and get into that word, amen. We thank God for our young people. I thank God, thank Pastor Linda for just acknowledging and recognizing them today, amen, because truly they are tomorrow, amen. So we lift them up today, hallelujah. But as I say, it's good to be back in the house, huh? you know, as we were gone into Virginia, a couple of weeks ago, because last week we were in the park. Did y'all enjoy the service in the park? Amen. amen. That was amazing, amen, just to see what God was doing, amen. And I was telling somebody, I, I, I've never seen that many people gathered in one place in Oak Harbor, amen, especially to magnify the Lord, amen. I mean, it was, it was marvelous, amen. And then to see, I believe there was about 40 or more baptisms, amen, that took place. And then and I was talking to one of the pastors, and and it's about 100 decisions for Christ. So that's just the beginning. Amen. As we continue and let this thing just can keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We already got other churches inquiring and want to know information and so they can put it on their calendar. Amen. So you can expect even more next year. Amen. The church of Oak Harbor comes together and rises up. Amen. And announces that we are here. This is God's country. Amen. So we thank God. But as we were gone, amen, we, we were blessed. I mean, you mean, Pastor Linda, as we were watching Pastor Sam deliver that message. Amen. Oh, my goodness. We got, we got any, any containers left in the house? 
or have we switched over to be conduits, to let it flow, let it pass through. Amen. Because truly, amen, we don't want to just let stuff come in and hold it and hold it and hold it. Because we hold the good and the bad when we do that. Isn't that right? Well, see, you got to let even the bad stuff, you got to let it flow through. Don't, don't let it abide here. Amen. Because when stuff hangs around, it begins to get old and begins to think and rot. And all that, you know, it can get rottenness to your souls there, man. But we, we want to let it pass through. Just, just keep it moving. Amen. Keep it moving. We're not going. We're not going to camp out right here. You know, sometimes people camp out in the trouble. Yeah. Pitch right. a tent yeah. and hang out right there. But I believe the, the word tells us. David said, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death." He didn't throw no tent. He said, "I'm just passing through this." He said, "I feel no evil, for Thou art with me, and Thy rod and Thy staff they'll comfort me as I pass through the valley." Amen. So we got, we got to keep on, keep on, keep it moving. Just tell somebody, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Don't let it, don't let it linger. Amen. Because it loved to linger. So I, I, we were truly blessed. Amen. And even as we were there, just sharing with Living Faith over there in Virginia, seeing what God is doing on that side. Amen. And God is doing a mighty thing. Amen. We just thank God for that. This was their 19th year. So next year will be their 20th year. Celebration. I'm like, wow. Where did the time go? Amen. You, know, you know, just remember when they first start, you know, kicked off. But now at 20 years, amen, going, and going strong in spite of all the things, amen, that have come and gone. So we, we, then I reflect back, amen, on the message that Pastor Linda, you know, he's talking about emptying out them containers. Remember she preached about make room? You know, make room. So you see, because you got to get the us, you got to get the hook out. You got to get the stuff out, amen, to make room for the good, to make room for the blessings, amen, to come in and then know how to pass them on so that, you know, you can stay fresh in God and you can stay excited in your walk and your salvation. And, you know, it don't become old and stale, amen, but you come with a, always come with an expectation for the next step the greater, amen, more of what God is doing. So this morning, amen, I'm going to attempt to <laughs> attempt to bring the last message in the series that I've been doing, amen, talking about what? The freedom in giving, amen. And we've been dealing with that. And you know, when I, I think about each message, even the messages that Pastor Sam and, and Pastor Linda brought you know, it all fits into that same that same flow because you know we gotta we gotta release ourselves by releasing stuff, amen. Letting it go, amen, and, and passing it on and, and and being a blessing. But let me see your hand if you like being a blessing to others. Come on, it, it don't make you feel good when you can bless somebody. You know, and, and even, you know, even myself, I mean, this series has really been good because, you know, well, as I'm just looking at what God is doing and how he's doing. The last one I talked about was what, you know, blessing the poor, blessing those that are in need. Amen. And, and not with the, the one passage that I believe really hit home is don't be hiding your eyes from those in need. That, that's what the Bible says. You know, don't be don't hide your eyes. And, and I was explaining, what does that mean? Hide your eyes. You want to make eye contact with them. You act like you don't see them. You, know, they, they, you pull up to the curb or the corner, and you act, and you know they're right there, got the sign. 
you know, and you've already made up in your mind. They they scamming us. They ain't getting my money. Why'd you go there, Pastor David? But you're a child of God. And ask yourself, no, answer yourself this question. How many times has God blessed me when I did not deserve it? When you was trying to get over on God. Didn't think he saw you, but he still blessed you anyway. See, so. Uh, you know, after going through that, you know, I you know, always look for opportunities to bless people. But after going through that, I made a decision. You know, I keep money on my visor. You know, so I don't have to dig in my pocket. You know, I don't have to, you know, be rustling around trying to find something. See, because when I put it on the visor, that now that's God's money. Amen. Uh, all right. It ain't for gas. It ain't for McDonald's. It ain't a quick, you know, pass through Burger King. It's God's money. So when the opportunity comes, and I've had a lot of opportunities since I started doing that. You know, one lady gave me some flowers. I didn't even want the flowers. I just wanted the blessing. You know, and every time I do it, God bless you. Have a great day. You know, and, and as we learn how to be givers, amen, and let it flow, God going to keep on blessing you. He's going to keep on making ways, amen, because what we have ain't ours anyway. Hmm. Right? Amen. Amen. You, know, you, you didn't print that money. I hope. <laughs> you, know. you know, but what we have, you know, it's, it's where we're going to get to that. But, you know, as we look at this, amen, this freedom in giving, amen, and, and again, continue to look at it from a kingdom perspective, amen, and, and understanding that, you know, God is the one giving us the opportunities but in every area of giving that we, we, we've talked about a lot of areas over these last few messages, over the last couple of months. We've talked about a lot of areas that we've been able to give of our time, ourselves, our love, our resources, the word of God. Amen. All these things that we have opportunity to give. Amen. And even our friendship. When we talk about that, he that has friends must first what? Give up some friendship. You know, you know, so you want to receive, you know, you, you wonder why you bankrupt, <laughs> but you ain't doing nothing on the other side, amen. You got, you got to make room, amen. You got to get the, the sour off your face. If you're saved and you're happy, notify your face, you know, let's, let's, let's show it. Let's let people know that I got some joy on the inside, Hallelujah. amen. Let it, let it exude from you, amen. And, you know, if you choose I want y'all to do this for me. Just taking a deep breath. Let it out. Now put a big smile on your face. Go ahead. See, don't that make you feel better? Just by putting a smile on your face. And we got that opportunity at all times. You know, you don't have to walk around and beat up and mad and angry and, you know, overwhelmed. Now let me get on. I'm just... I just feel excited with God today. Amen. But there's so much, amen, that we have the opportunity to do. But one of the areas that we haven't really dug into, amen, in giving, and that's talking about giving to the kingdom of God, giving in the church. Amen? amen. And if we would 
adopt all the stuff that we've been talking about, amen, and, and, and truly learn to be givers in every aspect of our life, every day, looking for those opportunities, amen, to be that conduit instead of a container. And all those things that, that we've received, amen, how much more will we be willing and wanting to give into the house of God? That should be a no-brainer, right? I heard one, mm-hmm, and one should be. Because you say, uh-oh, here it come, here it come. But you know what? God is doing it. It gives us all things to enjoy, all things to receive. So when we look at this, amen, you know, it should be a part of our nature. You know, it, you know we've been operating in the kingdom of God and, and, you know, got saved back before a lot of some of y'all was born. Amen, obviously, you know. And I think about early on when I first got saved, amen, even when I was, before I even got filled with the Holy Ghost, before I even made the decision to join the church, because I gave the testimony a couple of weeks ago, but I would sit, I would go and I would talk to the pastor. And one of the things I talked to him about was tithing. Because I, I had questions about tithing. I didn't get this thing about giving up your money like that. You know, but once I sat down and I talked with the pastor and I got understanding, you know, and, and made the decision back then in 1979. <laughs> I told you it was before some of y'all showed up. <laughs> Amen. We've been faithfully tithing ever since. And guess what? I've never missed anything I've given to the kingdom of God. Nothing. You know, and on the other side, I've never missed a meal. Hallelujah. I've never missed rent or a house payment or a car note or any of those things. I've never missed any of In all these years, God has met every single need. Amen. And not only, he didn't stop there, Miss Libby. He also supplied a whole lot of the wants too. Because he is a God of his word. Amen. So I, I just put that out there to let you know that I'm, I'm not coming from no experience in this thing. I mean, I got some experience in this. And, and not only ourselves, amen, but just watching the lives of, of different ones on either side of the, the, the decision to give faithfully to the church and seeing how givers are constantly being blessed and blessed and blessed beyond measure. And, and one thing I love is you know, the more they receive, the more they give the more they do. And I'm not just talking about giving to the church, in the community and, to, uh, and beyond, because God just continues to open the doors and make the way, amen, for us. Amen. But obviously, just like anything else, you can find the naysayers. Right? Amen. And you can find all kinds of things that, that would agree with you not. Right. Amen. But see, it's got to be in you. That's it. And, and, and what, I, what am I saying, amen? You've got to Look at why would I want to do that? Why would I want to? But as a child of God, that shouldn't be a hard question to answer. When we stop and think about all that he's done for us. Amen. It's just a simple matter of appreciation and gratitude. Amen. And following the principles that he spelled out for us biblically and just taking it on board and taking ownership of that. 
Amen. And, and also, you know, as we do that, just allowing his free flow to be able to come to us because, amen, that's how he rolls. Amen. And we've talked about this. Give and it shall be what? Taken away. No, he said give and I didn't put that in there. That, those are the words of Jesus. So we, we look at this thing, amen, as we cover it today, amen, I want us to see some results in our lives. Amen. And I'm not just talking about financial results. Because there's things, money can't buy you. There's things that we need and, and we like to have happening in our lives and our families and our relationships. Amen. And God is able to move in those areas on our behalf. Amen. He's able to bring strength and healing and deliverance and all those things. Amen. And, and, and when we can't, we, we trust the God that can. Right. Amen. And we want to be in his favor. Isn't that right? right. right. Amen. So let's, let's just begin to look, amen, and see, you know, what it is that the scriptures tell us in this particular area, amen, as we focus on our, our giving in the church, amen. And it's just started in the local church, right? I mean, it's not like going to, you know, McDonald's and paying Burger King. But it's like, hey, you go to McDonald's, amen, you, 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 you leave your money there because you received your blessing from there. So when we talk about this thing called tithing, what is a tithe? A tenth. Amen. And literally in Hebrew, it means a tenth. I mean, that's what it is. A tithe is a tenth. Amen. And, and that's been established in the word of God. I just want to touch on some definitions so that I know we're on the same page as we go forward. Amen. So when we look at that, amen, it's, it's that 10% that, that of your income. I want to say, what? No, we understand that. 10%, like I said, it means a tenth in Hebrew, amen. So God understands what he's doing. God knows what he's doing, amen. So when we look at that base thing, amen, it's not difficult, amen. One dollar means 10 cents, amen. So, and, and let me, let me again, this, this principle is just so dynamic when we think about it, you know, because if you have someone who makes, let's say, $1,000 a week, Amen. And, and someone else, you say, yeah, that'd be nice, right? Amen. And then there's somebody else who makes only $100 a week. And if we say, well, everybody give $10 a week, would that be equal? Some teachers are still figuring out the math. <laughs> no, but that wouldn't be equal, right? No. But if I say, because the person that makes $100 a week is left with 90 bucks, Right? And the person that makes $1,000 a week is still left with what? There you go. He's still left with $990. So that $10 didn't really hurt him too much. But the $10 from the one that only got 100 bucks, that's kind of pinch. So when you say 10%, regardless of the amount, now it's equal for everybody. And see, God, God is a good financial leader. He understands how these things are. So 10% is equal no matter what your station is in life. Amen. And that's, that's the thing that he's looking for us to understand that he, he is not trying to take something from us. And we're going to dig into that a little bit. But he's trying to really get us to a place that we can receive all that he has for us. Amen. 
And, and we're going to see some things here. But when I think about that, God is sovereign. He could have he went any way he wanted to. But let's remember the sovereignty of God. That means he has absolute power, absolute authority. Amen. And he can do what he wants to do. But he leaves the decision to us. Right? And like in everything else, he gave us a free will. Amen. He leaves the decision in your hands. He's not going to make us do anything. Guess what? Even when we don't. He still loves us. Right? Mm -hmm. Even when my kids didn't do their chores, I still loved them. But they didn't have the favor that I wanted to give them in every situation because they were being knuckleheads, hardheads. Right? And God's a good father, you know, so he knows how to handle us, his children. You know, so when we look at that, Amen. Now, we understand a tithe is a tenth, but what is an offering? It doesn't give us a specified amount in an offering, amen, because an offering is is determined where? Not in the word, amen. An offering is determined in your heart. The offering is above and beyond the tithe, amen. It's, it, it's something that you decide to give unto God based on your relationship with him, amen, and also based upon how he has blessed you, okay? So I'll go back to my, my friend that has $100 and the friend that has $1,000 a month, about a week, Amen. And when it comes to an offering, and the, the, the friend that has the $1,000 a week could be a whole lot more generous in his offering than our friend with the ten. I mean, $100. Isn't that right? So it depends on how God has blessed you, amen, that determines what the offering is, amen. It's given a part, amen. And it's, what does the, the offering do? The offering shows my gratitude toward God. Amen. See, the tithe is more of our, our obedience and following the principles that he has set forth from the Old Testament. Amen. But we begin to see even in the New Testament, Jesus told them that you ought to have done and not left the other undone. Amen. When they said, well, we, we give tithes of all and the omentance and all these things. And, and he didn't say, well, no, nah, you don't need to do that. Just do this. He said, no, you ought to have done that. You should be doing that. But the offering itself, amen, I, I, I feel like, you know, once I've done the part that God has asked of me, amen, and then I add my offering on top, now the offering is where my real blessing begins. Amen, because my offering is showing, that's not my obedience and willingness there, but it's showing my heart toward God, a greater gratitude and appreciation, amen. So you got your, your, your willingness and your obedience because the scripture tells us what? Amen. They that are willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. Right? But then when you come with the offering, you give more. You know, I, I think about it like this. You know, if you're paying your bills, amen, you just make the minimum payment. Right? Your creditors going to be happy with you. You know, they're good. But when you come in there and, and you pay the minimum and then you put on top of that another chunk, and you do that consistently, what do you think they're going to do next time you need a loan? 
Because first of all, you paid it off faster. You've shown your willingness to manage your finances well. And, and you know, we, we live by most of the time our credit rating, amen. Your credit rating begins to go up, amen. So you, when you do take out a loan, your interest rate begins to go down, and you live in large. Right? right? That's kind of how that system works. So we, we look at our offering, amen. We need to check that. Now, one other definition I want to touch on before I go into the digging, really digging, is what is the steward? Hmm. It's a manager. It's somebody who's been given the authority over somebody else's property. You've been given the authority and the, you know, the right to manage it and to handle it, but you're still not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for the owner, right? So that you, you want to increase that. You recognize that I don't own this. This is not mine, but I have been given the responsibility to handle it and handle it how? Well. Amen. I could go into the parable of, of those with the five and the ten and the one. But I think we, need, we understand that. When, when God gives us something, he wants us to do what? To manage it well. Amen. And not only manage it well, but to bring increase. Amen. With, with it. Amen. How we handle it. Amen. And so as a steward, amen, we want to handle all the goods and affairs of God. And I say goods because he gives us tangible things and the affairs. He gives us the scripture, the gospel, the word. Amen. That still belongs to God. And how are we handling it? Are we sharing it? Are we just keeping it to ourselves? Are we bearing it in our heart and we're not sharing? See, it, it covers a lot of areas. Amen. So we, we got to understand that. But we understand that the manager or the steward, which we are, never takes ownership of what belongs to the owner. Amen? You can't say, well, this is mine. You know, I, well, I say we can't. We often say that's mine. But your house is not yours. Your car is not yours. Somebody said, oh, oh what you mean? My name's on it. <laughs> right? He said, I, I, pay, I pay the note. Who give you the money to pay the note? He said, I give you the ability to gain wealth that you might establish my covenant. Amen. So all these things, amen, if the more we understand it's not ours and it's his and how we manage it and how we take care of it, amen, makes a big difference because why? He's the owner. Let's look at Psalms 24 and 1. It's, it's very simple. It says, the earth is the Lord's, amen, and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So not only is all your stuff his, you belong to him. Amen. Think about that for a minute. I'm my own. I'm, no, 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 no. He said all the, now see, and the thing I like about this passage, amen, he said they that dwell therein, he didn't differentiate between saved and unsaved. All right? Come on, Jesus. right? Amen. So that means everybody, even, even the atheist belongs to God. So when God deals with the atheist and God deals with the Christian and God deals with the, the agnostic and, you know, anybody that's anywhere in between, he has the authority and the right to do what he wants. Right? Because why? It all belongs to him. Did none of us, to use bad English, create ourselves? Right? If you chose to be here, raise your hand. 
I'm not talking about in living faith in church this morning. <laughs> I knew I was going to get somebody on that one. But I'm saying it like this. If you chose, let me make it a little bit more clear. If you chose to be born, raise your hand. We can't raise our hand because we did not make that choice. Isn't that right? And so we have to understand somebody else made that choice. Now, maybe mom and dad wanted to have a child, so they chose to take the necessary steps to have a child. But God is the one that does the work. Because, you know, we, we can try and try and try, but if God don't put his seal of approval on it, amen, ain't no conception going to take place. So it all falls in his hands. We all belong to him. Amen. And the more we let that sink in, the earth is the Lord. My stuff is the Lord. I'm the Lord. So, so what do we have that we can say is mine? Now, when we say it's mine, let's put something else on that. Let's put it like this. It's my responsibility. Right? To handle what God has given me. Amen. And to handle it well. Amen. In Deuteronomy, it says this in Deuteronomy 10, 14. Behold, the heaven and the heavens of heavens is the Lord's thy God's. Mm. That means beyond this universe, all the universes that we see. Everything they look in with the Hubble telescope and all the different things that they send out there. It says, it's the Lord. The earth also and all that therein is. So let's, we've established who the true owner is, right? Of all things. Amen. So again, that, that should help us to understand that when he says, you know, that he can meet all of our needs according to his riches in glory. I mean, that means that God has no shortage. Right? There's, there's no shortage in him. Amen. So everything belongs to him. Amen. And he said he would supply all of our needs. Amen. So therefore, we have no lack when we understand our position. Amen. And who our God is. Amen. And the fact that he's going to make sure that he takes care of us. What did David say? I was once young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed, baked bread. So all those things apply to you, Ajante. Amen. Never will we be left out of anything, amen, or lacking for anything. So for us, when we have that understanding, the moving and giving and releasing and exchanging of things should not even be a problem because we can always understand that God got us. Right? So we don't have to... Strive and struggle and scratch and all those things. God's got us. Take peace in that. That's why I, I titled this whole thing, The Freedom, freedom. in Giving. We can be free to let it go, amen, because he tells us if we cast our bread up on the waters, amen, it's going to come back after many days, amen, but we don't know what day that's going to be, but God knows when we need it. So we can trust in him in that, amen. So he, he had commanded the Israelites to tithe, amen, and to give a tenth of what he had given them, amen. And that's the beginning. But it even started before then. And, and I'm going to do a lesson, amen, not today, 
that really gets into the depth of the beginning of tithing, how it all started, all that, amen, and what it truly means. But I want us to just look at what he said in Leviticus 27 and 30. He said, and all the tithe of the land, whether of seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees is the Lord's, it is holy unto the Lord. See, he's saying, it, it belongs, he's making it clear, a tenth, because he's given them all. He's given us 100%. Amen. And see, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't farm, but we do work and receive income. But all that he's given unto us, he's given you 100%. But he's saying 10% is mine. And how did he say it exactly? It's holy. And that's not with the devil you. That's H-O-L-Y. Holy. Sanctified. Amen. It's holy unto the Lord. It belongs to him. In Numbers 18, 21 to 24, amen, he goes into more depth, amen. He says, and behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tenth of the, uh, I mean, tenth in Israel for an inheritance for the service which they serve, even the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, what's he talking about there? He's letting them know that the Levites, who's the Levites? That's the priest. Amen. That's those that, that minister in the temple. And so today we would call them the pastors or, or, you know, you know, but those that he has called to do the work of ministry. Amen. And he said, for what? For the service which they do, even the service of the tabernacle congregation. Amen. In other words, to take care of the congregation in the church. Amen. To take care of the affairs and do all those things. Because as he goes on to say, he said, neither must the children of Israel henceforth come nigh to the tabernacle of the congregation, lest they bear sin and die. In other words, the children of Israel have no right to come in and try to run the congregation because he gave it to the Levites, the, the leaders, the spiritual leaders. That's their responsibility. So they had to come under the alignment of that. This is what he's trying to get us to understand. But he goes on to say, but the Levites shall do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation and they shall bear their iniquity. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations that among the children of Israel, they have no inheritance. Er, What do you mean they have no inheritance? Well, let me give you a little history. When the children of Israel came out of the wilderness and God gave them the promised land, he divided up the land amongst all the tribes with the exception of the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi did not receive any land because they had been assigned to take care of the tabernacle. They were to become the priest, amen, to take care of the tabernacle and to be those that God used and spoke to and all those things. So what he did is he said, no, you're not going to get land. So he charged all the other tribes, amen, to bring their tithe to the tabernacle because that's what would sustain the Levites, amen. So while the Levites took care of the people, the tithe of the people took care of the Levites and all the things of the temple and all those things. See, God has a way. He's a good manager, amen. And once he decided to do those things, amen, he set a pattern in place. He set things in order how he wanted his kingdom to run. So can you imagine if all the tribes said, no, we're not going to do that? That wouldn't work very well. You know, not at all. You know, so 
when he's telling them, that's why he said they don't have an inheritance. But as we read earlier, he said the tithe is their inheritance because that is what will be used to sustain their lives and to take care of the things of the tabernacle. Amen. And so that they could do the service, amen, without having to go get a job, go till the soil and do all those things. Amen. But we'll go on. 24th verse says, but the tithe of the children of Israel, which they offer as a heave offering unto the Lord. Hear what he said. I have given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore, I have said unto them among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. They don't have no land, no farms, none of that stuff. Amen. Amen. So this is the system God put in place. Amen. Amen. And it still works today. Amen. When we allow it to work. When we understand our part. Amen. In it. In Deuteronomy 12 and 6, it says, And thither ye shall bring your burnt offerings and your sacrifice and your tithe and your heave offerings of your hand and your vows and your free will offerings and the firstling of your herds and the flock. He said, bring it to the temple. Wow. And like I said, I'm going to do an in-depth teaching on all this. You know, but I'm just skimming the surface here this morning, amen, just to help us understand God did set an order in how these things should be, amen. And then we look over here in Deuteronomy 14, 22 and 23, and he said, and thou shalt tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. All, what's the word all mean? A-double-L, right? All. And we get the question. In fact, I, we even got the question because we did a question and answer session. You know, we, I don't think we got to that one, but we did a question and answer session in Virginia. And one of the questions was that, you know, about should I tithe on my gross or my net? But the, the word all answered that question. Right? Because, right? see, He's not saying what you got after the government didn't trust you to give it to them. The government take it before you see it. Right? But but your gross is what you made. So when he says all, it's talking about the gross, not the net. Amen. Because, see, you're still accountable for that, you know, unto God. Because when tax time comes, what happens? People Then people come and say, well, should I pay tithe on my tax return and it, the, the, the answer I always give me is it depends and what does it depend on first thing is as Elder Johnny just said it, first thing we got to consider did we pay off the gross or did we pay off the net if you paid off the gross you've already tithed it if you paid off the net you still owe God but the problem arises now is you've got to sit down and, and try to do the math and figure out how much you didn't pay God. <laughs> and the other problem arises is when they say you, you didn't pay enough taxes and now you owe them and you've paid on the net and you still owe them. Then how do you figure out what you didn't give God? <laughs> See, when you don't do the gross, it gets complicated. <laughs> but when you do the gross, it gets easy. And then when you look at, now there's another factor. He said, all your increase, right? See, Pastor David about to get in somebody's pocket. 
So when, when, you, when you've paid on your gross and you, you file your taxes and now you got income credits. You got stimulus checks. Oh, that we didn't pay on. That's still increase. And God allowed you to get the increase. And we were glad to get the increase. But was we glad to give the 10% of that increase? You see, whether you do it or not is, 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 is let me say it like this. God don't need your money. He don't. Like you said, he owns everything. You know, you ain't seen him in, you know, lying at the grocery store. He said, Jesus said, you know, in one place he said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't even tell you. He said, if. And so, what am I saying? God doesn't need your money. And he said, heaven, I mean, you know, all things, you know, the, the gates of hell won't prevail against his church. So he's going to make provision for his church. So, what's the issue? The issue is he's trying to do it for you. Amen. To keep you freed up, to keep me freed up. Amen. And to keep me in a place, amen, that I can receive all that he has for me. Amen. And, and allow myself to be, as Pastor Sam so well placed it, to be a conduit of what God is bringing into my life. To let it pass and let it continue. So, you know, I can increase my capacity. Because once you, you get full, when you're holding, you, you, you can't hold no more. Right? And then it goes where? To waste. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. You know, but we look at, you know, even, eh, how many of us are familiar with the book of Haggai? Amen. It's a very short book, only, only two chapters. Amen. You know, I think it's a, a, a total of about mm, 32 verses or something like that. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's not a long book. At all, you know. No, I think it's got 15 verses in the first chapter and about 23 in the second chapter, you know. But it's not a very long book. But the whole book deals with how God saw the people when they were withholding from Him. You know, I just want to read you just a portion of the first chapter. But I encourage you to go read the whole book. It won't take you long, maybe 10, 15 minutes if you're an average reader, you know. But it won't take you long. Amen. But we look at the whole book. But this is what he says unto them. Thus saith the Lord. Again, he, he sent Haggai to speak to the, the governor and to the priest and all them. Amen. Because the people had just kind of fallen off. Amen. From their duties to the temple. Amen. And so he says this. He says, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Ain't no time for that right now. We, but he goes on to say, Then came the word of the Lord to Haggai, the prophet, saying, it, it, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie waste? Talking about his house. He said, it's so good for you. You know, you got your cedar houses, everything. You, you're doing good, but it's, it's okay for his house to lay a waste? No, 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 no. He said, Now therefore, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. You drink, 
but you are not filled with drink. Amen. You, you clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. You ever feel like you just, your money just gone? Just, just gone. <laughs> With holes in it. Why? There's a problem. Amen. He let them know. Thus saith the Lord, consider your ways. The second time he says that, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. He said, no, you need to go and build my house. Do what you're supposed to be doing. Amen, saith the Lord. Ye look for much and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, hear what he's about to say. I did blow upon it. Think about that. I was saying, you're not doing right, so even when you bring it home, I'm Money gone. You don't feel like you're doing just, and you wonder what's happening. The scripture lets us know how God sees that. He said he, he'll, he'll blow upon it. Amen. Why, saith the Lord of hosts, because of mine house that is waste. And you run every man unto his own house, therefore the heavens over you is stayed from dew. In other words, it's stopped. Amen. The earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called for a drought upon the land and upon the mountains and upon the corn and upon the new wine and upon the oil and upon that which groweth forth. I mean, the ground bringeth forth and upon man and upon cattle and upon all the labor of thy hands. And he goes on and on and on. But then he goes on and tell them what they need to do to reverse the situation. That's the book of Haggai. Amen. He's helping them to understand Let's get this part right in our relationship. Amen. And you do your part, I will surely do mine. And he's letting them know that. So we, we understand, amen. But we need to see that God is serious about our giving in his house. Because he wants the church of God, the house of God to flourish, amen, and to be able to do the work, amen, that is necessary and that we are called for in the communities that we are where we are no matter where we are as a church amen we should be able to function and to flow you know but it's, it's amazing when I, I look at some of the statistics amen and it's, it's it's saddening to see how many of church christians don't don't tithe amen just just choose not to amen and, and it's it's not a good place to be Man, because what, let me say it like this. When I look at those statistics, and I'll share them not today. I'm not going to go into all that today. But when I look at those statistics and I, I, I see the need that's in our communities, the need that's around the world, and, and I just begin to imagine, you know, we see a lot of churches doing a lot of things, but if the people of God would support ministry through their tithes and their offering 100%, there would be no organization on the planet that could outdo what the church can do. People wouldn't have to go anywhere else because as he tells us in Malachi, amen, to, to bring the tithes 
into the storehouse so there'll be meat in his house. So instead of going to the help house or to the goodwill, or talk, they could come to the church because the church would have more than enough for everybody and to spare. If we followed the principles of the word of God. But the, the sad thing is many churches are struggling in this area because people choose not to follow the principles of God. Amen. And, and like I said, God still loves you, but we're missing out on his favor when we choose not to do the things that he's instructed us to do, amen, with what he has placed into our hands in order to do. Amen. So it, it's important to, to understand those things, amen, as we continue to flow and operate and move forward in the, for his kingdom. So I want us to, you know, think about our individual choices amen. and decisions, you know, in giving. Amen. Think about, you know, how are we stepping up and standing and doing those things that God has given us to do. Amen. Because truly, he wants to release into our lives. He wants to bless us in so many ways. And, you know, I can't even finish this because I got some other things we got to get done. Like I said, we want to do the communion. But I really want us to think about God and how he's blessed us. Amen. And what it is that he's required of us or even asked of us. Amen. That we would, you know. Lay aside all the other things and reasonings and excuses and all those things, you know, and come to the place to say, yes, Lord. I'll do what you've asked me to do. I'll do what you've given me to do in this area. Amen. Because to be a giver. You know how, how we say charity begins at home and spreads abroad. Let my giving, let my liberality of giving begin in the house of God. Let it begin there, amen, so that I can be able, amen, to know that I'm, I'm showing God my, my obedience, my appreciation, my gratitude, all these things, amen, so that we can rise and be who God has called us to be. Amen? God wants to do some great things, but he's looking for us to partner with him even in our giving to make those things happen. So that we can. So, okay, they're coming back in. We're looking for the rest of them to come in. Amen. We'll let them know. So we're gonna get ready. Amen. To take up, take the communion. I'm gonna take an offering. We'll do that later. But just preparing our hearts, even as we get ready to receive the communion, is Lord speak to our hearts even in this area. As Pastor Linda was exhorting us, you know, to get things right with ourselves and to repent before God, even as she was exhorting us to those things, sometimes we need to make sure that, you know, this relationship is good too. Yes, amen. Right? You know, so yes, I'm looking at even that relationship, everything that we do, but it begins if, if you know what, I'm, I'm going to say this, you know, if no other human relationship is right for me, I want to know that my spiritual one is. 
right? Because can't nobody do for me or you what God can do. Let's keep him as our number one priority and that relationship with him as our number one. So let's stand. Hallelujah. And I'll say this as we prepare. Amen. That if this is an area when we're talking about our giving, especially our our tithing and our offering, if this is an area that you've been struggling, or I won't even use the word struggling, that you just decided not to participate in, I admonish you to think again. And why? Because it brings us uh, to alignment with his word. Amen. And it opens us up to receive even more than we can imagine from God, his blessings in so many different ways and areas in our lives. Like I said, I I would be remiss to, to even limit it to financial. That's a small part. God can handle that without a problem. Amen. But there's so many other areas, amen, that we want to know that our heart is right with him. So as we prepare our hearts now, I'm going to pray. And I don't know where you are as a child of God. I don't know what your struggles or your issues might be. You know, and God knows. You know the choices and the things that that you make in your life on a daily basis, and God knows. And he wants to be in relationship with us 100% in every area. So as I pray and as you pray, I encourage you to lift those things up before God. And I love how Pastor Linda said, God, when we're sincere, God will forgive us on the spot instantly. But when we hesitate and we make the decision, I'm not going to participate because what you're really saying is I'm not ready to change. What you're really saying is I'm not ready to give up this or that to be able to receive the communion. You see, and in that, I encourage you to really think about what it is that you're holding on to. No matter what it might be, what area of your life, your choices, decisions, whatever that area might be, why is that more important? And you can, only you can answer this. Why is that more important than giving up that thing so that you can have that relationship that you know is right with God? So Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you We thank you for your grace. Yes, Lord, your grace, your long-suffering, your mercies, as the scriptures say, that are new every morning. Every morning, God. You you continue to shed mercy, grace, Holly, upon our lives. Even when we choose to do and to go places that we know are not pleasing in your sight. When we we, we choose to put other things ahead of what we know doesn't line up with your word and your will. 
Forgive us, Father. Forgive us for our weakness. Forgive us, Lord, for the struggle within this flesh. And Father, we pray for your help and your strength, Lord, to lay aside those things that so easily beset us, those things that would separate between me and thee. Help us, Lord, not to hold on to them. Lord, help us to be liberal in our giving and in our living. As we lift up your name, God, and we, we represent you in every situation, wherever we might find ourselves, let us be liberal givers of your love, of your word, of your presence. Hallelujah. But above all, Lord, help us to honor you. Lord, as we prepare our hearts to receive this communion this morning, as your word says, we do it in remembrance of you. Remembering what you did for us on the cross. Remembering, God, that you paid the price that we couldn't pay. Remembering, God, that you, you've made a way for us to be able to be set free from the cares of this life, Lord, and to be prepared for an eternity with you. Hallelujah. That goes beyond anything that we can even begin to imagine. So we thank you, God, and I pray for those hearts in here right now and for the struggles that are therein, that, Lord, we would have the strength to lay them down and the, the faith to trust, God, that you can fill those voids and you can strengthen us and make sure that there's no lack in our walk with you, God. So we thank you and we praise you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we prepare our hearts for this holy sacrament, amen. We don't want to take it lightly, but as we said, we've examined ourselves, amen, and we've, we've gone before God, and we've asked for his forgiveness, and we can set this a new day, a new start, a new beginning, amen, if need be, wherever it is that I've made a decision, I've made a choice, and God will come along and help you in that choice to live for him. Amen. As we, this is a, a sense of a rededication. A re, every time we take it, it's a rededication, a recommitment, a remembrance of those things that he's done for us. Yeah. Hallelujah. And again, hallelujah. I just encourage the parents to be mindful of their children. Amen. So I often say this is not just a snack in church, but this is for those that have made the decision and given their life to God. Amen. And understand the gravity of it. Hallelujah. I want to read here in John what it says. Amen. John 4. I mean 6. Excuse me. John 6. Starting at verse 47. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth in me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which, is, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, 
Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. He's saying, this is the everlasting life. This is, gets us in that place, amen. And in 1 Corinthians 11, amen, it reads thus, For I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye drink this bread and I mean, eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. He's talking about the Last Supper. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup, of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are sick, weak and sickly among you and many sleep. And this is the passage that Pastor Linda was referring to. When we take it lightly it opens us up to those things that the Lord would not desire of us. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. So he wants us to, to examine ourselves and to check ourselves, amen, so that when the time comes, we're ready to go. And we're not condemned with the world because they didn't take heed to his word. I want to go. How about you? Amen. So I want you to follow the instruction of the ushers and the elders. Amen. As we prepare. Amen. We ask that as you receive your element, that you await so we would all partake of it together. Oh, the blood of Jesus is on. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross, and I know it was the blood for me. I know it was the blood, I know it was the blood. One day when I was gone, 
He died upon the cross, and I knew it was the blood. <laughs> to the cross, he nailed him to the tree. They nailed him to the tree for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. Now I know it was the blood for me. He never said a mumbling word. Never said a mumbling word. He never said a mumbling word for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. And I, I know it was the blood for me. He hung his head and died. Mm -hmm. He hung his head and died. Mm -hmm. He hung his head and died for me. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. I know it was the blood for me. Father, we bless these elements, Lord, as they represent your body and your blood, which was shed and broken for us, God. We thank you for the sacrifice that set us free. In Jesus' name, said that when he had taken, given thanks, he take the bread and he break it. And he said, "Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you." Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. For the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's our way maker. Amen. Let's pass your cups to the end of the row and they'll be collected. And then we got one more thing we're going to do and then we're going to be done. I'll turn it over. Hallelujah. 
new mind, a new choice, a new decision. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We thank God for each and every one here. Amen. And we thank God for our minister, a man that was able to get the baptismal certificates done for us. So I want to call up those, amen, that were baptized on last week. So we want to call our sister Cindy, amen, Kenny, up. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. And she did a beautiful job on each one of these certificates. Mm -hmm. And left. God bless you. So happy you was able to be there. <laughs> Amen. Who we got next? Naya. Oh, she said, I got I to gotta say, Naya Simone. Irving. Amen. There you go, Naya. God bless you. Amen. And we have Lucretia. So nice. Come on down. Come on down. <laughs> Amen. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Got your hands full. Whoop. Amen. Amen. And then we got Brad and Sarita Diaz. They did it together. Amen. Come on. So we, we combined y'all together. Amen. God bless you. Amen. So we thank God for, you know, those baptisms. And there's more to come. Amen. And Katrina, amen. Katrina, she couldn't be here. She had some surgery done, so she's not with us today. Amen. But she also got baptized. Amen. She's online. And we thank God for her. Amen. You know, I, I just thank God for, you know, like I said, that was a beautiful service, a beautiful time to come together and magnify the Lord. And we're going to do some more things outside ourselves, you know, but it's about lifting up the name of Jesus. Isn't that right? It wasn't this church, that church. It was the church magnifying him. And that was the, the beautiful thing. Amen. As we came together just to let the Lord have his way, amen, in our city, amen, more and more. So with that, amen, I'm going to turn it over, amen, so we can get our offering taken care of, amen, and allow us to be dismissed. So I'm going to minister, man, you want to take care of the offering for us? 